welcome back to the crossover across time podcast we're back for our first episode recapping um the first round uh, of the playoffs the game ones for each first round series we'll touch a bit on those friday play-in games first of course uh but again we're mainly focusing on uh game ones in each of those series we're excited to jump into that i am your host karsten uh and monday we're joined by our normal monday co-host uh who also happens to be one of my good friends why how are you doing today i'm doing good today karsten it's been a it's been a busy day working on final projects as the semester comes to a close but uh it's been it's been a great day we went to a dinner tonight and i got an award for some academic stuff at the college so well felt okay. good about that yeah <laughs> A little bit of bragging there. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. Humble, <laughs> Humble brag. Weird, weird flex there. But... Yeah. How many, uh, As that reminds me, I was going to ask, how many more weeks do you have of your semester there? Thursday is the last day of classes and then finals are next week. So finals next Almost week. Done. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah. I'm sure our audience will join me in wishing you the best of luck in, in finals week. I can't say I envy you. <laughs> uh, being finished with school myself, but no, that's exciting. Yeah. I, I actually happened to start, uh, the first day of a new job myself today. Oh, um, nice. so exciting stuff. Got to sit through about six hours worth of orientation presentations and videos. So that was a fun time, but, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully soon we'll actually get into what I'll be doing for that job. But uh, that being said, yeah, some, some exciting stuff for both of us, but um, you know, that's, that's non-basketball. We're going to now shift into basketball specific stuff. Um, and again, we're talking summaries. We have 10 games worth of action since we last talked to you. But um, as I was discussing with Wyatt before we hopped on, there's some of these games that don't provide a lot of, intrigue outside of what the normal expectation is um and apologies to uh timberwolves in specific but a few of these other teams um it's nothing against those teams it's just these games you know kind of played out how we might have uh expected they would have and so we're going to skim through some of those and that includes both of our play-in games i mentioned last time we talk about those we'll go through it real quick um Miami, of course, so these were both of the last set of play-in games. The first of those being Miami hosting the Chicago Bulls, the winner getting the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And Miami, the higher seed, the better team throughout the regular season, they were able to deliver. It was a fairly close game uh, within about 10 or so points, um, and it was kind of a back-and-forth game, but Miami being able to come out on top, kind of fit what you would expect for this matchup. But again, credit to Chicago being able to make it competitive. Uh, five guys in double figures, DeRozan with 26 to lead the way. Solid game. Um, but for the Heat, though, Jimmy Butler and Max Struess each had 31 points individually. Struess with seven three-pointers to get those 31 points. bio, not a wealth of scoring, but he did grab 17 rebounds, one steal, and one block. Uh, to contribute on the defensive end. So again, congratulations to Miami. We'll also real quick summarize that uh, Thunder Timberwolves matchup. So the the Thunder, like the Bulls, a surprise 10 seed 
getting into that final playing game. Uh, but the Timberwolves, an eight seed, they were the better team throughout the season, even though they were maybe a little more more inconsistent. Um, they still came out on top, a little bit more talent there, a little bit more experience, 120 to 95. Um, they really ran away with it in that second half. Credit to the Thunder, though, being able to get to that second game. That was a big accomplishment for them. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 22 points, seven rebounds, three blocks and a steal. So nice little game for him. 17 each for Lou Dort and Jalen Williams. Uh, that's L-E-N, Jalen Williams. But for the Timberwolves, uh, six players in double figures. Carl Anthony Towns, in particular, a big game, 28 points, 11 rebounds, three blocks. Gobert with 21 and 10. Anthony Edwards, 19 points, 10 rebounds, two two steals. Um, 11 off the bench for Kyle Anderson. Again, you kind of expect the Timberwolves to win that game, so congratulations to them. Uh, so they got the eight seed. They faced the Nuggets in the first round, and then with that Heat game, with the Heat winning, they faced the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. So that's our real quick play-in summary. Why anything you wanted to touch on with any of those players or teams in those games, whether it's a team that moved on or a team that got eliminated before we jump to uh, those main first round games. Uh, no, I don't, I don't have anything to add on the playing games. Perfect. Nothing wrong with that. We'll go ahead and jump right <laughs> into those games. And again, there's a few of these games we'll mention in a very brief detail, simply because um, they kind of fit the mold of what you might've expected. Um, and it's again nothing against the teams who lost or you know not wanting to give credit to the teams that won there are just plenty of storylines that could make this episode run 2 hours long if we try and summarize everything so we're going to quickly talk about uh the a couple of games from the first day of action Saturday uh those first two games your first two eastern conference games the Philadelphia 76ers won at home against the Brooklyn Nets 121 to 101 and it was a fairly competitive game Brooklyn did a good job I thought um you know they early on they had some nice uh doubles on Embiid and you know they were making the Sixers have to think about it a little bit but and and Mikhail Bridges in particular had a really great game for Brooklyn he was absolutely stellar but for the Sixers Embiid read those doubles very well he you know, did exactly what it needed to, to thwart Brooklyn's defensive plans. Um, for the most part, I mean, he had a great game. Sixers were able to win. They they had some lights out scoring, especially in that first half. Um, for the Nets, we mentioned Bridges. He had 30 points. I want to say about 20 of those were in the first half. Uh, he was just incredible. Outside of him, they had 18 from Cameron Johnson, 14 from Spencer Dinwiddie, 10 off the bench from Seth Curry. Uh, Claxton with 10 rebounds, three blocks, uh, only five points though in that matchup with Embiid. Meanwhile, for the Sixers, they had three players with 20 or more points, the leading scorer being Joel Embiid, 26 points, five rebounds, three assists, two blocks, and a steal. He was also 11 of 11 from the free throw line, so he really got the job done at the free throw line there. 23 points, 13 assists for James Harden, including seven three-pointers, if there were any doubts about Harden's ability in the playoffs, especially with the Sixers most recently, he really, you know, had a big statement in this game with that. I mean, dribble pull up threes. He was looking like Houston James Harden all over again. Yeah. Um, 
And then Tobias Harris, 21 points, four rebounds, four assists, uh, solid game. Maxi with 13, 11 for Paul Reed off the bench. He got the fans into it in that fourth quarter. Um, you know, I think they were doing the chant. We, we love Paul or something like that. Um, so it was a great game for the Sixers. Again, not a bad game for the Nets, but the Sixers are just kind of the more talented team. They're the better team in the regular season. So that yeah. kind of fit fit expectations for the most part. Um, and the other game we can kind of jump through pretty quickly as well. The Boston Celtics won their first game in their matchup with the Atlanta Hawks. This was in Boston, 112 to 99. Um, and, you know, it looked like this was going to be a complete runaway at the end of the first half. The Celtics were up by 30 points after the first half of basketball. I believe it was <laughs> 74 to 44 or 77 to 47, something like that. Um, but then the Hawks, you know, were consistent and they brought it close. They brought it within uh, maybe about 12 points or so. And it seemed like the Celtics were, you know, kind of almost shut off in a sense. They had to kind of get themselves back into gear. Um, for the Hawks, they had some great games from uh, Jante Murray and Trey Young. Murray in particular, 24 points, eight boards, six assists, and three steals. Young with 16 and eight, uh, 16 points, eight, eight assists, two steals. Uh, the rest of their starters in double figures, Collins and Capella with 12, Hunter with 11. But the Celtics, though, they also, similar to the Sixers in that previous game, they had three players in double or in 20 or more points scoring games. Leading scorer, Jalen Brown, 29 points, 12 rebounds. Uh, six turnovers a little high, but still great scoring. Uh, Jason Tatum, 25 points, 11 rebounds. And Derek White with 24 points, seven assists, and five rebounds. Marcus Smart, nice defensive numbers, as you'd expect. Uh, three steals and two blocks. Also with seven boards, seven assists, and 11 points. And 12 points off the bench for Robert Williams the third. So, yeah, great all-around Celtics game. But again, that run late by the Hawks was a little bit concerning, despite the Celtics still getting the victory. Um, why any comments? I, I mean, I have another thought. I want to kind of continue this thought with Celtics and Hawks, but do you have any thoughts before I jump into that with these first two games? Uh, no, you jump into it first and then I'll share my thoughts on other games. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. I, I just, you know, I, of course just barely mentioned the, the Hawks going on that run in the second half versus the Celtics. It kind of brought up something that, um, I think I've, I think a lot of us have kind of felt with the Celtics this season, but maybe haven't had the uh, ability to put it into words. The Celtics, when they are on, and this even dates back to last year's finals, when they're on, they're, you know, players are in a rhythm, they're focused, they're playing well. That lineup, especially with that depth, that's the best team in basketball, I think, you know, and that, it's hard to argue that when they're on. But it almost seems like the Celtics team at times has shown that ability to to find the off switch. You know, you talk about players or teams. Oh, can they can they flip a switch and turn it on and and have a big game? The Celtics are almost finding ways to do the opposite where they yeah. they, they get a lead and OK, we can we can kind of coast from here. And I don't want to accuse them of, you know trying to coast in the second half. I don't think I think that, I think that'd be disingenuous, but there's a concern about maintaining that effort. And I don't know if you agree, Wyatt, but that was just my thought as I kind of saw that happen on Saturday's action. 
No, I, I do agree. And we've seen both of the top teams in the East, the Bucks and the Celtics, have gone through a couple phases of, uh, you know, pretty extended poor performances throughout the regular season. I mean, poor being a relative term, of course, because they're mm-hmm. still the top teams in the East. But, yeah, I I think that it's especially interesting with the Celtics because when you look at the Bucks, it's like, okay, usually when they're off, it's because Giannis is not playing. Mm-hmm. But the Celtics, yeah, they can they can have everyone playing. Everyone is is in there, and they, like you said, still turn off the the switch and just kind of fall apart. Yeah, well, and particularly Tatum, you know, I I get so perplexed with Jason Tatum because it's the same. He's like the uh, he's a microcosm for the Celtics as a whole. Where when he's on, he's you know top five player in the NBA. He's mm-hmm. maybe the best pure score at this moment alongside a Durant per se. But when he's off, I mean, he can have games where he's getting like 11 points and shooting yeah. <laughs> 35% from the floor. And I just don't always understand it. Right. And anyways, that's my, my thought, but um, I don't know if you had any additional things you wanted to add before we jump to that final kind of more short form game summary um, before we jump into those other long form discussions we'll have. No, let's do it. Let's well, okay, absolutely. Uh yeah, so the last game that again kind of went to form, we're going to Sunday's action. This was the uh last game on Sunday's slate, the Denver Nuggets, the one seed in the West hosting those Minnesota Timberwolves. Um first game of that series, the Nuggets win by 29 points, dominant performance. Um and you know, again, it's not really anything against the Timberwolves, it's just the the Nuggets have been Clearly one of, if not the top team in the West, um, one of the top teams in the NBA as a whole, they have an MVP candidate and um, it doesn't help that the Timberwolves had some really off shooting nights. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns was below 40% from the floor. Anthony Edwards was at 40% from the floor. Um, You know, they had some good bench performances as far as percentages, but yeah, um, it's still a struggle and they're still without, of course, Jaden McDaniels, um, at the starting forward spot. They ended up starting Nikhil Alexander Walker, who's an okay ish player, but, um, not the same caliber of player as a McDaniels or even a Kyle Anderson, if they had decided to start him. Um, but you look at the box score, Timberwolves, uh, their leading scorer, Anthony Edwards, 18 points, five assists, uh, Gobert and towns each with at least 10 rebounds. Uh, Gobert with two blocks towns with only 11 points, which is kind of alarming 11 off the bench for Ant- Kyle Anderson, 12 off the bench for Jalen Noel. Meanwhile, for the nuggets, all five starters in double figures, plus Bruce Brown off the bench, um, leading scorer, Jamal Murray, 24 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. What's interesting. They didn't have a bunch of high point scorers outside of Murray. I mean, Michael Porter Jr., 18 points, 11 rebounds, and then 15 for Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 14 off the bench for Bruce Brown, and 13 each for the front court, Aaron Gordon and Nicole Jokic. Now, of course, Jokic also had six, uh, 14 rebounds and six assists, but still, just not a lot of huge scoring. Murray had a nice scoring game, but then they just had the better all-round game, so I guess... You know, when you're going up against a team, the Timberwolves that shot below 40% from the floor as a team, you don't necessarily need to have huge scoring nights from 
a lot of players to be able to win that game. So, right. so yeah, the Nuggets Nuggets take that game, um, and that's kind of the the third of our games that kind of went more to form, I suppose. Um, let's jump in uh, to now some of those games that were a lot more intriguing. And it starts with, uh, let's start with Saturday, the third game from Saturday's action. The four and five seed matchup in the East, a very intriguing matchup, a, a matchup with where both teams are healthy. I think it could easily be a six game, seven game series. Absolutely. And the Knicks got started off hot. They won on the road in Cleveland, 101 to 97, and have instantly put themselves in a great position if they are hoping to win this series. Uh, so kudos to the Knicks for being able to pull that off close game throughout, especially in the final few minutes. Um, you look at the box scores for uh, both teams. Mitchell was lights out and we kind of thought this going forward. We've seen his playoff performances with the jazz. I mean, his, his scoring and his shooting can be phenomenal in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 38 points, eight assists, five rebounds, three steals and a block. I mean, how much more can you do for a team than that, right? <laughs> yeah. They got 17 from Garland. Nice little scoring for him. 14 points, 14 boards for Jarrett Allen. And 11 rebounds for Evan Mobley. But unfortunately for the Cavs, outside of Mitchell, an okay scoring from Garland and a little bit from Allen, those were their only double-figure scores. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Knicks got away with one because they only had three double-figure scores themselves. And those were Jalen Brunson, who had 27 points. He led their scoring. 19 points, 10 rebounds for Julius Randle. And 17 points, 10 rebounds off the bench for Josh Hart. And, uh, you know, that's it. I mean, some of their guys that didn't have double figures had some, you know, nine points for Obi Toppin, eight points for Hartenstein. Um, You know, the Cavs couldn't even match those kinds of performances. And so that's something that's concerning when first game, maybe there's some jitters or whatever, but these are guys, I mean, they had some playing experience. They had a little bit of that. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe why, what are your thoughts on this, this outcome? Is it just more credit to what the Knicks were able to do in the matchup or is, did the Cavs let one get away from them? This is our version of the, the Westbrook, Russell, did the Thunder lose this or did the Jazz win this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I I think it's a little mix of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'm gonna say I'm gonna err on the side of the Cavs save Donovan Mitchell kind of lost it. Um okay. just because, like you said, the Knicks didn't have a crazy performance where they had you know, multiple guys going off for tons of points. They, like you said, they kind of got away with it with just a few guys having solid performances. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in my bracket, which I think we're going to talk about those a little bit more later, mm-hmm. but I, I picked the Cavs to win this series in seven games. Uh, I knew it would be close, but I picked the Cavs to win solely because of Donovan's playoff performance in years past and i'm I'm not even a huge donovan fan despite being a jazz fan but he just has performed so well that i you know i gave the Cavs the win but you know the knicks are a very impressive team and i think that we definitely saw uh they they have every capability to win this this series 
Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, yeah, more on that Mitchell point, it kind of gives us a little bit of flashbacks to when, you know, at times with the Jazz, when you would have these stellar series, there wasn't always that offense to support him, despite, you know, like a Bogdanovich or a Mike Conley or a Clarkson off the bench to be able to be capable of that. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with the Cavs. They have, I mean, Okoro can be a solid points guy, but more importantly, Darius Garland, Karis Levert, um, you know, Osmond a little bit. These are guys that should be able to get points for you, even if it's, you know, 12, 15 points in a game. Levert had three points in this game. Yeah. And he's, you know, at his worst, he's like a 15 point a game kind of guy. And that's just, it's disappointing. And so, yeah, uh, you know, tough, tough for the Cavs to lose this one Um, for their sake. You know, hopefully they're able to rebound, have a stellar game too. Um, But definitely an exciting start to the series. And if Cleveland can take a game in New York, this is going to be one of the best first round series this year. It's going to be, off the charts you know so that's something to watch for but yeah great great job for new york being able to take that game um when the opportunity arose so big win for them let's talk about maybe um one of the biggest games certainly the biggest game for me on my radar when it came to the game ones in each of those series and that was the last one from oh geez last one from saturday night in which the Sacramento Kings hosted a playoff game in 2023. I just so excited about this. They hosted a playoff game against the Golden State Warriors and they came out on top 126 to 123. It was, I, I mean, let's be real about this night. It was all about a celebration of the Kings, you know, the tip off, whether or not they won or lost the game, it was still a success in terms of being able to overcome the obstacle that was the last 15 or so years. Right. And the fact that they were able to take that game, you know, and it's odd because they're the higher seed, but and the fact they're able to win that first game at home, put the icing on the cake. That was phenomenal and super happy to see that. Of course I am wanting the Kings to win. I think a lot of people would like to see that, but, um, and it, it was especially nice because it was a hard fought game and watching it back. Um, I unfortunately didn't have a chance to watch it live, but I did watch it after the fact the next day, uh, after it was recorded and there were 24 lead changes in this game, super high octane. It was you know, you talk about games as being a track meet. This was a track meet halfway through. It was kind of a wrestling match because it was so physical inside (laughs) guys jostling for position. It was crazy. And the warriors had some great games from their key guys. Curry was lights out. You know, he is shooting. He was doing those threes where you're like, how does he even make that? Clay Thompson was great. Draymond Green did his type of stats, you know, as far as the assists, the rebounding, the defense. Wiggins and Poole, Wiggins, you know, breaking off the rust. They both had great games off the bench. Like the Warriors did basically what they needed to if they were going to win this game, and the Kings overcame it. They overcame the refs a little bit, if you want my completely honest opinion. (laughs) And uh, Fox and Monk 
the college teammates from Kentucky were lights out. Sabonis overcame tough shooting and the Kings got the win. And I'm just so excited about it. Why did you happen to, to see this one? Did you catch some of the highlights? What was your, your thoughts on this whole game? Um, I did not see it. And I've actually seen very few highlights from mm. the game, but I, I did watch the score. Uh, like I had the score pinned on my phone as if the game was going. Uh, so that was exciting to see despite, you not having any video or anything. Right. Um, just, yeah, like you talked about all the lead changes and how close of a game it was. But, yeah, I'm super happy for the Kings, too. I'm not, like, a Kings fan or anything, but uh, who who isn't cheering for the – I mean, I guess the Warriors fans. <laughs> but yeah. besides them, <laughs> I feel like everyone has a, a cheer for the – or an endorsement for the Kings in their back pocket, you know, where it's like, if my team doesn't – doesn't win or doesn't go as far as I'm wanting them to like I'm probably going to be rooting for the Kings you know just because yeah it's been so long since they've had all this uh like been to the playoffs and had success it's just really cool to see and kind of an out of nowhere team like they weren't picked to really like at the beginning of the season no one was like "Ooh, the Kings this year you know yeah so yeah absolutely and I will take this opportunity to pat myself on the back again because I did make a <laughs> prediction week three of the season, not week 13, not week 23, week three of the season, the Kings <laughs> would make the playoffs. So once again, pat myself on the back for that, but no, yeah, I, I think everyone's excited and what I'm especially excited for, and this might sound odd, but I'm excited for the sheen of, Oh, their first playoffs in so long for that to wear off. And we get used to the idea of the Kings as a competitive playoff team. Uh huh that'll be awesome. You know, when it's not a novelty, it's the Kings are, you know, we expect them to be good. You know, that's just awesome to see. So yeah, great, great job for the Kings. Um, Again, specifics of that Warriors box score. Curry had 30 points. He led them in scoring clay with 21 uh, green, 11 assists, nine rebounds, 17 each for Wiggins and pool. And then for the Kings, De'Aaron Fox with 38 points. I think they said that's the second most for a player in a playoff debut since Luka Doncic just a few years back. Wow. They had 32 off the bench from Malik Monk, 16 off the bench for Trey Lyles. He had some threes and some pivotal moments. Kudos to him. Um, Sabonis, yeah, tough shooting night, but still got 12 points, 16 boards and three steals, 13 for Harrison Barnes. And then to top it off, Alex Len, who only played 12 minutes, he got a very nice block on Draymond Green, that was really exciting yeah. to watch. So <laughs> I did see that highlight. Yeah, that was a great one. So so shout out Alex Lynn. I, to be honest, kind of wasn't sure if he was still in the NBA at this moment. But, <laughs> uh, you, you really did good there. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to the Kings. Great game. Let's go ahead and shift into Sunday's games and our last three games to summarize. All right, for our Sunday games, we're going to start with an outcome. I'm sure Wyatt was happy to see. I mean, we're all kind of happy to see it because it fits our uh, our bracket predictions. But uh, the Lakers go into Memphis against the Grizzlies and pull off the upset as far as seeding goes. They win 128 to 112. Um, this is kind of, you know, similar to Kings Warriors. This is a quote-unquote upset pick that's in vogue 
um, especially with the Grizzlies injuries they're dealing with and the Lakers surge late in the season. Um, it was a close game. 11 lead changes throughout. Uh, Lakers went on a big run in the final few minutes to seal the deal. Uh, thanks to a couple of key contributors. Um, firstly for the Grizzlies, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Led the way 31 points, five rebounds, four assists, two blocks and a steal filling up the stat sheet there. Great play for him. 22 points for Desmond Bain, six assists and five rebounds as well. John Morant, 18 points, six rebounds, two assists and two steals, six turnovers though, a little bit of a rough game and he did leave the game early. We'll touch a little bit more on that in detail in just a moment. Um, and then 15 points for Dylan Brooks. Um, those were their double, double figure scores. Meanwhile, for the Lakers, they had five players in double figures. Leading scorer being Roy Hachimura, of all people, 29 points off the bench, 23 for Austin Reeves. Uh, a lot of those coming in the fourth quarter, very clutch play. 22 points, 12 rebounds, seven blocks three steals and three assists for Anthony Davis, huge stat line. And then 21 points, 11 rebounds, three blocks and two steals along with five assists for LeBron James. So LeBron and AD doing work inside defensively, getting some scoring Reeves and Hachimura finishing it off and a very impressive Lakers attack. Why as our resident LeBron uh, fan, (laughs) what were your thoughts on our, on the Lakers matchup here? I mean, I don't know. I wasn't surprised by it. I obviously have them picked to to win this series. Um just cuz playoff LeBron is, you know, a different animal for sure. Uh I watched a highlight today of his chase down block on I think it was um was it Bane he blocked? I I think so, yes. Yeah. But anyway, it's just it's just funny to watch him cuz that's like such a staple LeBron uh move you know that mm-hmm. that chase down block and it's just funny to watch him like prepare for it at half court like yeah. you see him Bane going up the court and lebron like runs around him like behind him he 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 was actually in front of bane at least close to at least e- equal with him runs behind him to get in position for the chase down block and then just like approach it was just kind of funny to watch it's like he didn't even try to get in front for like a typical defensive position he just knew he was going to do his thing and yeah I just, I just thought it was comical no absolutely well and I mean this point's been talked about to death over the last few years but this is a guy in his 20th season yeah <laughs> no slower than he was in his first stint in Cleveland when he was basically a teenager right chasing down a guy probably 12, 13 years is his younger counterpart. Probably yeah. more, honestly. Probably more. Yeah. I mean, yeah, crazy stuff. But um, Desmond Bain's age. Yeah, that's a good point. Because LeBron is what? He's, he's 24. So, yeah, he's 14 years younger than him. Okay. So, fairly close. But, yeah, um, yeah huge game. And, again, Anthony Davis, credit to him. Seven blocks and three steals. I just love the resurgence of Anthony Davis yeah. that we've seen this season. It's been awesome. Crucial um, for Lakers success too. Absolutely crucial. Um, D'Angelo Russell, also a nice game, 19.7 assists. And yeah, the Lakers look very strong and there are some concerning 
things for the Grizzlies out of their control. Unfortunate stuff. Again, we'll touch on it in the news in just a moment. Um, but yeah, big win for the Lakers. Um, let's jump to that next game. This was kind of in the similar category in some ways. Uh, the Miami Heat, the eighth seed in the East, win on the road in Milwaukee against the Bucks, 130 to 117. Um, big win. And again, some tough news for the Bucks. Um, and we'll touch on that a little bit more in just a little bit. Uh, firstly, for the Bucks, um, their leading scorer. Good to see this for this guy, Chris Middleton, 33 points, nine rebounds in this game. Solid game after the injury concerns coming into the series. Uh, 16 points, 16 assists for Drew Holiday. Great game. Uh, tough shooting percentages, but still. Bobby Portis with 21 off the bench uh, with eight rebounds as well. He did get him some extended minutes uh, in relief of Giannis and Tenacupo. Giannis only playing about 11 minutes in this game, uh, leaving with injury. Again, we'll touch on that in more detail in just a moment. Grayson Allen with 12 points, Brooke Lopez with 10. Um, you know, they kind of had to f- figure out a, a secondary game plan with Giannis leaving um, mid-game, and they were already trailing at that point, and so it was just kind of a recipe for disaster losing this first game. And again, credit to the Heat. Jimmy Butler, 35 points, 11 assists, 5 boards, and 3 steals. Great all-round game, the kind of, you know, all-NBA level of play we expect from Jimmy Butler. Uh, 18 off the bench for Kevin Love with 8 rebounds, uh, 22 points for Bam Adebayo, 9 boards, seven assists and two steals 15 each for Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin and 12 points for Tyler hero. However, the heat also dealing with some injury issues hero only played about 19 minutes in this one. He left with a hand injury again. We'll have more details in just a moment. Um, Wyatt, your thoughts on the, uh, on the series in general, maybe, or maybe uh, Giannis, uh, if it's a worst case scenario for the Bucks and Giannis misses extended time, can Bobby Portis fill that role well enough? Can the Bucks put together a strong enough game with the depth that they have to be able to overcome, outlast the Heat, and survive to another playoff series? Maybe your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I would probably. Ugh. It, it'll be a close series if Giannis suffers extended time. Um, hmm. We talked about it earlier, how the Bucks fare when Giannis is out due to injury, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been great. Um, and yeah, like you said, with Jimmy Butler playing the, the level that we expect him to play at uh, and uh, his supporting cast, it would be a tough series for the Bucks to win without Giannis. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, if Giannis returns and is healthy, I expect him to. I expect the Bucks to kind of handily win. To be honest, right? Um, so yeah, I think it totally depends on Giannis. Uh, and not to say that the Bucks can't win, <laughs> of course, if Giannis does not play in this series, but it'll be very close. And I may even edge my, uh prediction i guess over to the heat's favor right would the i mean it was only about the first quarter or so would that first quarter 
where the Heat got off to a hot start with Giannis still in the game. Is that enough to really swing things in Miami's favor, even without or even with Giannis playing? Or would that be a pretty big overreaction? I think it's a bit of an overreaction, um, but not negligible, I guess. Right. Yeah, I mean, Definitely it's an effect. It's a run of some sort. I mean, mm-hmm. you couldn't, can't ignore that. And again, the Heat are, they've been inconsistent, wildly inconsistent this season, but we know they have the pieces. I mean, a lot of these guys have been part of not one, but two different finals runs in the past three or four seasons. And so um, certainly shouldn't be ignored. I am with you as far as Giannis playing, the Bucks should win the series, but that is definitely right. going to be a factor to look for going forward either way yeah and if he doesn't you know i would expect the bucks to look a little better you know coming into the future games knowing they're not going to have him exactly they've got the game plan set up guys are mentally prepared for that situation yeah Yeah. absolutely and and especially you know we saw some great uh fill-in games from you know drew holiday brooke lopez had some nice games um Portis, you know, so yeah, there is yeah. that potential. So definitely and something to watch out for. Heroes injury, of course, it will play a factor as well. Yeah, absolutely. Not yeah. not something to overlook. Their starting shooting guard, a big point scorer, that could be a big impact as well. So definitely, yeah. uh, definitely a, a series with all sorts of uh, factors to look into. That second game is going to be very interesting. Um, for now, let's go ahead and talk about our last game from uh, the first round games that we had this past weekend and this kind of wrapped things up um if we don't count that nuggets uh runaway against the timberwolves the la clippers went on the road into phoenix against the suns uh 115 to 110 close game again this is your five four matchup so the clippers the five seed the suns the four seed uh clippers are getting a road upset and they get some help as far as reclaiming quote unquote reclaiming home court advantage in the series. <laughs> um yeah. close game. Clippers got off to a nice run in the second quarter. Suns clawed back, took the lead in the third. And then throughout the fourth quarter, it was Clippers getting a lead and then barely clinging on to a lead. It was close. Um the Suns had solid performances. You look at four of their starters scoring in double figures, three of those with 20 or more points, leading scorer being Kevin Durant, 27 points, 11 assists. That was some you know, great underrated part of his game, his ability to, when needed, be a facilitator, make some plays, 11 assists, nine rebounds, two blocks, and a steal, doing just about all he can for the Suns there. 26 points for Devin Booker, who also had four steals and three blocks. Incredible defensive numbers for Booker. 22 points for Torrey Craig. Um, Chris Paul with... 10 assists and 11 rebounds, even though he only had seven points. The starters were phenomenal. The bench really struggled. The Suns, let's count it here. The Suns got 10 bench points total. That <laughs> that could be an issue. None of those bench points, mind you, coming from Terrence Ross, who's supposed to be their, one of their key bench scorers. So something to watch out for. Mm-hmm. That, that could be an issue. But um, credit to the Clippers. I mean... Kawhi Leonard showing us the Kawhi of old that we expect him to be 38 yeah. points, five boards, five assists, a steal and a block. Um, 
Eric Gordon with 19 points. Zubats with 12 points, 15 rebounds. Norman Powell, 14 off the bench, 10 for Terrence Mann, 11 rebounds for Mason Plumley, And the key guy, maybe even more of an impact on this game than Kawhi, Russell Westbrook only had nine points and his shooting percentages were rough. But despite all that, 11 rebounds, eight assists, two steals, three blocks, and especially I didn't catch a lot of this game, but I caught the last six or seven minutes. And Westbrook's activity was all positive Mm -hmm. in those last six or seven minutes. Um, Those who've been listening might have caught on to this. Those like Wyatt who know me well know that I am always eager to pick apart Westbrook's game, (laughs) (laughs) but I will fully give him credit. He made all sorts of winning plays, especially that key one at the end. Suns have a chance to try and tie, cut it close. It's, you know, they need to score. He guards Booker on the drive, then is able to throw the ball off Booker. Yeah. Out of impressive. Out of bounds, gets us gets us Clippers back the ball. I mean, phenomenal heads up play. And we've seen this in the past. He always has a tremendous playoff game or two in his bag. Mm-hmm. The question is, can he sustain that more like he did, you know, 2012, 2016, longer playoff runs? That'll be the question. But again, credit to Westbrook. Wyatt, your thoughts, or maybe you're just kind of aghast that I would give Westbrook a little bit of that. No, this, this game was actually the one I was most looking forward to talking about because uh, I didn't watch it either, but I, I did watch uh, extensive highlights on this game Mm -hmm. and yeah, Westbrook, first of all, you suck. Why didn't you do this with the Lakers? (laughs) (laughs) But second of all props (laughs) because yeah, a great performance. Um, yeah, I was super impressed with uh, that play that, you know, blocking Booker and then jumping out of bounds to throw it off of his leg. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, all of the defensive plays that he did, uh, super impressive performance by Westbrook. And honestly, I'd like to see him keep it up. It's it's fun. The energy that Westbrook brings when he is, uh, you know, playing a good game like like we saw uh is unreal i think it makes the environment so much more fun and ju- just to watch but i also gotta say like this may be the matchup based on what i saw that i may have grossly misjudged <laughs> right <laughs> because i have the suns winning uh four and the clippers winning two and yeah. so still going to six games like still a close closer series but Man, honestly, I could see that flipping uh for sure and the and the Clippers getting four games and the Suns only getting two if this is the kind of performance that the Suns bench continues to keep up and if Westbrook continues to bring this kind of energy and uh you know, of course he has the potential to score better too uh than he did tonight. But also worse. We've seen worse too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Westbrook, but yeah, I, I think this could be a very interesting series. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you as far as my prediction. I had Suns winning, I think, probably uh, six games, about somewhere in there. And when I made that prediction, one of the key things I thought about was, okay, the Clippers are without Paul George. That's going to be a big factor. 
mm-hmm. if the Clippers can play at this level, and if Westbrook, you know, I don't know if Westbrook even needs to score that much. If you think about some of the scoring potential they have, Powell only with 14 points, he's a guy that can get 20 or more easily. Uh, Batum only with three points, he can. he's a guy that can give you 10 or 15 on a fairly regular basis. You know, if you have Westbrook, even if he doesn't shoot the ball a ton, but he's doing all these other things, you know, I think they're still in great shape. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I I also underestimated the Clippers remaining competitive without Paul George. And, uh, you know, they really showed both of us, I guess. So, so props yeah. <laughs> to them. Great game. That's going to be a fantastic series to watch the rest of the way. And again, I think a lot of these, you know, we glossed over some of these games. I think every series has at least some intrigue. Now, you know, a series like Nuggets, Timberwolves. Yeah, maybe not so much. <laughs> Celtics, Hawks. Those will, you know, if we had to predict, those are most likely going to be, you know, five game series, you know, a gentleman sweep type of scenario. But even those, I think you're going to have some some big games from, you know, a Jamal, uh, excuse me, an Anthony Edwards or a Trey Young or somebody that's going to make that series, mm-hmm. you know, intriguing. They're going to steal a game or something like that. So, so I think we've got a lot of great first round series this year and i'm super super excited to keep watching these series uh and the way they go but for now that's our game summaries from a busy weekend of playoff basketball um with that let's go ahead and segue into our key news um firstly i wanted to start off with a positive note a big item for the memphis grizzlies congratulations to jaron jackson jr he has officially won uh, the NBA's Defensive Player of the Year Award for the 2023 season. Congratulations to him. With that, he becomes the inaugural recipient of the brand new Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy. So that's extra awesome to be able to, you know, have that little footnote. Hey, I was the first guy to get this trophy. You know, that, so that's pretty cool. Congratulations. Well-deserved. I think both of us probably had him as maybe our top pick for Defensive Player of the Year this season. So, um yeah, great season. Led the league. Uh, he he won the league's block championship. Um, I'm sure the advanced defensive stats are all in his favor. Um, so again, congratulations to him uh, on that achievement. Why? Any additional thoughts on Jaron Jackson Jr. before we jump to the next items? No, I mean congratulations to him. I I'm trying to remember if he was my top pick or if I had Brooke Lopez. <laughs> I I know I was torn between the two. Right. Um, well, and all all season it was. Either it was going to be one of one of those guys, right? Yeah, but so congrats to him. I mean, Brooke Lopez <laughs> is kind of insane, so <laughs> uh, I'm glad Jaron Jackson won it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, props to him. Uh, these next few items, again, we alluded to these. These are the things that you know every fan, regardless of which team you want to win or lose, you just hate to hear these injury related news. Firstly, the Bucs, we mentioned Giannis left that game early with an injury. It was a back injury. It was a pretty brutal fall. I think it was early second quarter. He goes, I think he drives in, um, you know, contact. Someone's trying to draw a charge. And then he falls just right on, you know, very lower back, basically tailbone. Um, you know, huge fall. He was obviously in pain. He tried to play through it, but, you know, he just couldn't even move the right way. Couldn't even get up and down the floor. So he left the game. Um, he is listed currently as questionable for game two. However, from what I've seen on you know ESPN, NBA's website, 
it looks like the Bucks are generally fairly positive about him being able to return fairly soon. Um, so let's hope that's the case. Again, there's no confirmation either way. Um, that's just maybe some loose conversation there. Um, on the same token, uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant, he left game one likewise uh, with a hand injury. Uh, pretty tough watch. He drives in, falls right on that hand. He was pretty instantly grabbing it in pain. Um, he's also listed as questionable for game two. However, his is maybe a little bit more severe uh, compared to Giannis's. Um, I saw, I didn't write it down, but I saw a quote about, you know, he was interviewed post game and said that he's, you know, he hadn't wanted to touch anything with that hand as far as that's how much it was hurting. So at this time, again, no confirmation on timetables. It looks like, Morant's injury is more likely to take him out of more time than Giannis's injury. Either way, both huge losses for both of those teams and especially their hopes in the playoffs. So we're definitely wishing both of them the best as they're trying to recover from those injuries. Um, And then also for the Miami Heat, Tyler Hero, he suffered a broken right hand. So we have confirmation on that injury specifically. Broken hand, brutal stuff. Um, there's no clear timetable on a return. Um, I, it looks like for sure, not going to play the very next game, but, um, we'll be sure to update on that again. Best wishes to him as he works to recover from that. Um, a couple more injury notes for the Clippers. We mentioned Paul George. We already knew he was going to miss the start of the series. Now it's reported. He is likely to miss the whole first round series against the Phoenix suns. Um, from what we saw in the first game, that could be a close series. Clippers, if they have a chance to win that, maybe Paul George is back for a, a second round series. Um, but for now, he's out uh, for a little while longer. And then for the Knicks, uh, Josh Hart, who I guess had a small injury in their win versus the Cavs. He has an ankle injury. He's doubtful for game two, but that sounds like he's you know, a little more day-to-day Um, could return within the next couple of games or so. So um, again, as we always do, all of these guys we talked about with injury issues, we wish them the best in their recovery. We hope to see them back on the floor as soon as possible. And uh, it's tough to hear about this anytime that these issues come up. Um, So yeah, tough news. Finally, um, just a little bit off topic from our playoff type talk, uh, the tiebreakers for the specific draft positioning Um, for certain teams in this upcoming NBA draft. Those have been broken. Um, Let's see. Ties were broken. I'm reading this from the NBA's website. Ties were broken through random drawings conducted by NBA Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Joe Dumars. Um, There were six ties among teams that had identical regular season records. Um, So those were the ties that were broken. Here's the results. Rockets won a tiebreaker with the Spurs. Pacers won a tiebreaker with the Wizards. Bulls won a tiebreaker with the Thunder. The Heat won a tiebreaker with the Warriors and the Clippers. Second and third went to the Warriors and the Clippers, respectively. Suns won a tiebreaker with the Nets, and Grizzlies won a tiebreaker with the Cavs. Um, So that's all. That's not even exact draft position per se. That's to determine the pre-lottery order. And then now, the draft lottery will be 
May 16th. So that's not for a while. It's about a month. In the draft lottery, those 14 lottery teams will now, you know, have the actual draft lottery to see who will pick first. Um, and if you're not familiar, and they did refine this, I believe about four or five seasons ago at this point, to where the three lowest record teams in the NBA have an equal chance at the first pick. So those will be Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio. And as I look at this, I wonder, Houston and San Antonio were in the three worst anyways. Why did you need a tiebreaker? (laughs) Yeah. So they're going to have the same lottery anyways. So regardless, then you've got Charlotte with the next best odds and Portland and so on. So so that's your draft lottery. Again, we've seen plenty of of chances, plenty of times where suddenly a team with a 1% chance gets the number one pick in the draft. We've seen the Cavaliers get three number one picks in four years. I don't know how that ever happens. It seems a little bit fishy to me, but um, that's a little bit of your draft preview. Of course, that's ways off. Just a little bit of some updates on that. But of course, we're mainly focused on playoffs. So that's your uh, NBA news as a whole. Wyatt, any additional thoughts before we jump to our game previews? Uh, Just hope that the injured individuals are able to recover quickly and and get back into their playoffs playoff games because you know you, you hate to be regardless of whether you're a fan for the team kind of like you mentioned you hate to mm-hmm. see a team lose uh because they were dealing with injuries so hopefully they can get back to it and make it a competitive and exciting series absolutely one closing thought on that draft segment. I did see in the lottery odds, the Utah jazz are in there. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've made small comments on when Minyama about, you know, obviously he's a very talented player, a great prospect. I have some skepticism as far as his height, you know, that kind of unicorn athlete mm-hmm. has a mixed history in draft draft history in the past, but um I certainly wouldn't be opposed to him being drafted by the Jazz, I'll tell you that. So yeah, I mean for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, of course us Jazz fans are pulling for that. A little bit unlikely, but anyways, that's our final uh news item there. And we'll go ahead and jump to our game previews. Um so this is Tuesday through Friday's action. We have three games each day. So we've got a lot of action for you. Tuesday and Wednesday These are going to be the remaining game twos in each series. Remember tonight we had the first two uh, game twos in the playoff series. That was the Sixers Nets series and the Kings Warrior series. Those game twos were played tonight, Monday night. So we'll have the remaining six Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, On Tuesday, we start on NBA TV at seven o'clock. The Celtics and Hawks. Um facing off once again in Boston, see if the Hawks can make it interesting again or if the Celtics will take care of business at home. Uh, On TNT at 7.30, the Knicks in Cleveland against the Cavs for their game two. If the Knicks can take that second game, that's going to be wild. Uh, So the Cavs Cavs really looking to win that one. That's going to be huge. And then TNT at 10 o'clock, the Clippers in Phoenix against the Suns for their game two. Likewise, if the Suns lose that game too, it's going to be, you know, 
hysteria in Phoenix and the Clippers are going to be ready to win the whole series, you know? Um, so that's going to be uh, both those games tomorrow, key games to watch out for back to back TNT. That's going to be a huge double header. Then Wednesday, uh, your other three games, your remaining uh, second game of each series TNT at seven 30. We have the Lakers in Memphis against the Grizzlies. Um, of course, the key thing there, does John Morant play? If he plays Grizzlies have a, a better chance to, you know, nod up the series and try and, uh, you know, flip the switch on the Lakers, see if they can steal a game in three or four, uh, you know, third game or fourth game, try and steal a game in Los Angeles. If John Morant doesn't play, you know, it's going to be, you could almost, you know, I don't want to guarantee a victory. That would be ridiculous, but the Lakers would be very, very well positioned to try and win that series as a whole. Um, And then in between your TNT doubleheaders, we have an NBA TV game at nine o'clock, the heat and the bucks for game two in Milwaukee. Again, similar to that Memphis game. If Giannis plays, Bucks have a good chance to knot that series up, try and go back to Miami and and regain that home court advantage. If Giannis doesn't play, I mean, the Heat are without Hero too, but that's going to be a tough series for them. And then at 10 o'clock on TNT, um, the Denver Nuggets will host the Minnesota Timberwolves for their second game. Um, So the intrigue there, can the Timberwolves make it interesting? Can they try and steal a game? Do they, you know, can they make it closer? Can they get something momentum wise going home to where they can, even if they don't win game two, can they nod it up at home after four games, two to two and make it a close series? So that's what you're looking for in that game too. And then the following two days, Thursday and Friday, we'll have six of the first eight of those third games of each series. Hopefully that makes sense. Thursday, we have, um, Firstly, on TNT, 7.30, Sixers and Nets game three, TNT at 10 o'clock, Kings and Warriors game three, NBA TV also at 10.30, so just along the same time as that Kings-Warriors game, Suns-Clippers for game three. Um, And again, game three is where these series will now switch. So Sixers will be in Brooklyn, Sacramento will be in Golden State or in San Francisco. Um and the Suns will travel to L.A. to face the Clippers. And then on Friday, similarly for those game threes, the Celtics will be in Atlanta against the Hawks, uh, ESPN at 7 o'clock. On ABC at 8.30, the Cavaliers will go to New York in the Garden against the Knicks. And then on ESPN at 9.30, the Denver Nuggets will travel to Minnesota uh, against the Timberwolves. Again, those are all game threes. So that's your action for the week, you know, it, it kind of, I wouldn't say redundant, but we're listing, you know, two games of the same series back to back, you know, two and three days, you know, kind of, kind of gets jumbled a little bit, but rest assured all the playoff series, you're going to have, you know, one and or two games over the next few days uh, for all of those series. Um, out of all these, let's maybe focus on the game twos, the Tuesday and Wednesday game twos. Why, which of those are you most intrigued based on what happened in game one? Which of those are you most intrigued to see what happens in game two? Clippers and Suns absolutely is probably my top one. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I feel like those teams are 
so evenly matched, but also, you know, I say they're evenly matched, but also I feel like either one could easily have this crazy blowout game. Probably Sun's more likely to have a, a blowout game on the the um, Clippers than the Clippers on the Suns. Mm-hmm. But I just think that series is going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, and then I like the the Lakers and the Grizzlies, honestly. Uh, but I feel like if Morant is back, that would be a very interesting game to watch as well to see uh, healthy Grizzlies compete against the Lakers. Absolutely. Those are great picks. Those are both some, you know, fantastic Western Conference matchups. I'll give you an East matchup, that Knicks-Cavs matchup. We touched on it briefly. Yeah, um, definitely. That's going to be intriguing. Similar to Clipper Suns, those teams so closely matched. Um, you know, and, and for the Knicks, I think we kind of not glossed over it, but we didn't touch on it very much in our news that Josh Hart piece, if he's affected by injury, that could be an X factor for the Knicks because of what he brings off the bench, not just a, a scoring guy who can hit some open threes, but his rebounding. That could be more monumental than people might think in that Knicks Cavs series. So definitely something to keep an eye on along with these other, you know, more prototypical stars dealing with injuries. Um, so something to keep in mind, but again, yeah, a lot of great series, um, a lot of great games to watch out for in all the series this upcoming week. Um, with that, let's go ahead and do, we'll make this pretty quick. We'll call it our bracket check-in. Why, how is your playoff predictions looking? I think we had some similarities on, on ours generally. Yeah, I think we did too. Um, so mine's looking okay, I guess, but not great to be honest. Mm. I, I did pick the bulls to beat the Raptors. So go bulls. (laughs) (laughs) But I also picked them to beat the Hawks, which they did not. And I knew that one was a stretch. So I'm not surprised by that. But the Hawks beating the Heat, or sorry, the, um, yeah. 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 Hawks Hawks beating the Heat surprised me a little bit. And for all of us, it looks like actually we all picked the, the Hawks to beat the, or the Heat to beat the Hawks. Mm hmm. So, I mean, good job to them. Sad about the uh, situation of my bracket, but yeah, I don't know. Honestly, it's not looking too hot. Timberwolves also beat the Pelicans, which I was thinking that the P- Timberwolves were going to tank after Gobert decked Kyle Anderson. Yeah, uh, and they had some inner turmoil, but. They've pulled it out a little bit, I guess. Yeah. I think decked is kind of a courteous word. Yeah. It it was bordering on a slap. It wasn't a very strong punch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, if you've uh, seen it on our Instagram page, and I guess we'll take this opportunity to plug the page, uh, crossover across time, all one word on Instagram, uh, content from the show. We do our best to share content from across the NBA. Great place with the podcast to stay up to date on what's going on in the NBA. Uh, so definitely check it out. 
Uh, if you've seen it, we've posted our brackets there. Um, Wyatt and I actually picked the exact same for the played. Uh, so that's, you know, where our two points so far come from. Justin picked different. He missed our Bulls pick in that first play in game, but he got the Thunder pick correct. So he got, you know, a point made up there. As far as our first round series, you know, probably a little, a little bit too early to tell, right? But um, definitely some interesting returns. And again, we'll keep we'll keep updated as on these as we go on, see who's yeah. leading leading the scores. Why I haven't decided what our reward should be for the host with the most like the winning bracket uh-huh. <laughs> um, maybe and i'll just pose this as an open question we can touch on it next week we'll see if we can both put our heads together during the week come up with a reward for the host with the best bracket and maybe an open question for you guys if you want to sound off on our instagram page or somewhere else um let us know what Jeremy you think the award should be trophy jeremy Lynn trophy <laughs> Some, something like that it could be good but uh, i will say mine's not looking good because uh you know if the kings beat the warriors i might as well just drop out now which i hope they do because i don't right. really like the warriors but i i have the warriors to pick to actually win the entire thing yeah so go kings yeah. but also kind of conflicted right yeah <laughs> 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 yeah you know yeah great point but um yeah it's gonna be exciting to watch um with that let's go ahead and give you our this day in history fact um before we wrap things up today's kind of a wild one i picked it because it was just so absurd it's a it's a combination of facts we're going back to 2007 not ultra far april 17th of 2007 on the same day clyde the glide drexler is eliminated from the hit reality show dancing with the stars So we're already off to a hot start. Controversial NBA referee Joey Crawford is dismissed from the NBA by Commissioner David Stern following an April 15th incident with San Antonio Spurs star Tim Duncan. Now, bit of background. If you've seen a clip online of Joey Crawford ejecting Tim Duncan for laughing on the bench, that's what this is talking about. Afterwards, he wasn't dismissed. He was like suspended, right? He was allowed to come back later, but um, yeah, he kind of went off the rails with that one. So there's your this day in history. Again, wild set of facts had to share that with you, um, but we're just about out of time on our little meeting here. So we're going to wrap things up. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Wyatt closing thoughts. Uh, no, I, this is an exciting time of the year though. One of my most favorite times during the, NBA playoffs. So everyone enjoy thoroughly. One of my favorite times as well. Yes. Enjoy. We really appreciate your support. We'll be back on Wednesday with our game two wrap ups and uh, we'll see you then. Thanks. Thanks.